Guys? Yeah? Did anything, like, happen in games this month? <laughs> All right, thanks everyone. Welcome back to Pixel Radio Commentary. It's been a while. It has been a, quite a while, and and jack shit's happened. Yeah, really. Man. And it's E three. E three is like in like four weeks or so. Well, I, that's you know part of the reason why nothing has happened. Uh, like everyone's holding in their announcements, like trying to build the hype. And oh, by the way, hey, it's me, Evelyn. Yes, I, <laughs> we have Evelyn. I am Zach. And I'm Carlo. And yeah, I feel like we've just been in this total quiet zone of just like no big announcements. I can't feel like any major games have come out. Like uh, usually when there's trailers or announcements or something, we start talking about it in our group chat and there it's just there's just nothing. Yeah, it's I mean dead. like even like a Nintendo Direct would happen and be like, Hey, you know, there was a Nintendo Direct as it was, it was just like, Oh hey, Mario Maker Two's coming out and it's like all right, well, Yeah, I don't know. know. Like you just got all these people talking about these movies and T V shows like Yeah, that's true. We've got I mean like that's like, probably a lot of it. Like you spent twenty one mo- movies trying to figure out this one movie, man. I spent four Hideo Kojima games trying to figure out Metal Gear Solid Five. Guys, I still haven't seen Endgame. You, st- how do you be on the internet? I don't know. I, <laughs> I honestly don't know. I've, I've somehow managed to avoid spoilers. That's incredible. It's, it's impressive. I, I need to like, I, I can. It's funny. I can sense that. The spoilers are just like leaking into everyday conversation, though. But I don't know what they mean yet. So it's like somebody will say just like a few words that I'm like, "That's probably an Endgame spoiler," but I don't have the context, so I have no clue what that means yet. God, um, I wish I could say I watched the last episode of Game of Thrones on Monday instead of on Sunday, <laughs> and I was spoiled from people having conversations about it twice. Oof, in man, that single day. Oh, it was. Ugh, people are awful. Like, come on, spoilers. Why? It's funny. Like, why are movies harder for people to do that than? I think it's because there's like a duration thing. Because yeah. with Game of Thrones, it's every week, and with the movie, like, it's yeah, not with the be movie, you have to until... pay for it. Yeah, so. that too. I mean, HBO you can't have just to pay see... for. Well, you can't like steal your next door neighbor's aunt's cousin's window <laughs> washer's <laughs> HBO Go account. Yeah, so no, not that I'm to. saying I do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you can tell, we're talking about Game of Thrones and we're talking about Endgame because, yeah, man, there's just not been a whole lot to talk about in the world of video you games. You know, I think the last thing I was excited about that was like an announcement was the trailer for the Jedi movie. The, the Jedi game? Yeah, a or game. You mean the... Oh my god, the Jedi game! <laughs> Christ, like the the yeah, like. Uh fucking star wars uh fallen something fallen. oh fallen order fallen order yeah yes. that's the last thing that i can remember yeah it's was the trailer for that it looks really about. good it did look really good i feel like you know the other thing that's happening is that it's not on frostbite one of the things we've got coming out um Detective Pikachu has just come out. We have um, not seen it yet. Christine, I'm guessing, has seen it probably about well, five Carlos or six said times. He's seen it. Or no, no, I haven't. Oh, seen it. Oh, none of us have seen none it. Yeah, none of us, of us have. Christine, Christine's seen, Christine's seen it. Christine's probably seeing it again right now. In fact, so <laughs> <laughs> that's why she couldn't make it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should have like a podcast crew goes to the movies. Yeah. So we'll we'll probably be talking about that soon because 
I mean, from from everything I've heard to this point, it's supposed to be yeah. super. I good. heard shit, so, guys. It's our first good video game movie. It it's had happened. to happen eventually. I actually you know, heard. We did an episode about video game did. movies being bad ones. Yeah. We should revisit that. I heard that there was in fact a Pokemon consultant on site, and in fact correcting people as they went. Thank God. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> okay, I don't. I don't know if this was confirmed, but like I heard that there's some lady that carries a Psyduck, and since in the games apparently Psyduck's like forty pounds, they made like the actress carry around a 40 pound weight when she was carrying a side oh up. i heard about this yeah <laughs> she like, was like yeah i had to have like a 40 pound weight in my backpack instead of a to like make it so that i was actually carrying a psyduck and that is i couldn't fantastic. tell if she was That's happy awesome. about that or if she was like fuck you for making me do I this mean, it was probably a little bit of both like oh, thank sure. you for making my acting easier fuck you for making me carry this around everywhere <laughs> but i think that that's the difference between this and every other movie is that nintendo loves their ip so much that do they yeah i mean they, they're remember, not you remember the mario brothers it's been okay, 20 so maybe years they learned it's a been lesson. 20 years yeah <laughs> they know what's up at this point um that yeah. scars you for more than 20 years so in this uh, coming a little bit around, I wanted to quickly talk about like in this dead period of video game news, what have you guys been up to? Like what have you guys been playing recently? Like Monster. what have you been coming back to? Monster Hunter. Yeah. I feel like I don't need to say that I've been playing Pokemon Go, but I've been playing more than one video game for once. Hey, congrats. Isn't that terrific? Um, I've been uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. That uh, is a really fucking good game. Is on Game Pass right now, new and I've been playing that. Soon. The new one is coming out soon, which is sort of why I wanted to play it. And I didn't really play through the game when it first came out. I played, I like dabbled. And so now really playing nice it game. through, oh my God, it's just so pleasant. Yep. Like it's beautiful. Excuse me. The music is so soothing and nice. The gameplay is really smooth and not overly complicated. Oh my god! It is. I'm just it's a fantastic a nice platformer. Time. It is just a really nice game. Yeah. There's. I mean, man, we're in. We don't talk about it a lot, but we're in kind of like a golden age of platformer right now in we, a lot of ways. We are, and that's very cool to see. And the the sequel. Ori the sequel's and, uh, coming out this year. What's it? Ori and the. I don't know something, something. else. Looking yeah, it up. but uh, <laughs> it has the A two MR dev on it. Uh, so that guy that made the Metroid two like sort of remake that got like uploaded then banned almost instantly because people said it was a better Metroid two. Ori remake. and the Will of the Wisps. Will of the Wisps. Yeah, he's he's actually working on this uh, on this project. So I'm like super excited to see what comes out of that because I I remember his uh, level design in A AM two R was like people were going like holy shit. Yeah, it's playing this is just it's been, it's been a really nice experience and I'm really looking forward to the next one now. Yeah. It's it's just really good. It's just a really well done game. Yeah, for sure. Um Yeah, I, as far as my gaming world, I've finally I've finally joined the rest of the world and in I've mentioned but in taking a break from doing the Celeste Seasides and wanting wait, wait, to wait, fucking should, kill myself. You should Put out how far you've actually gone, which is actually kind of insane. So I have fully beaten Celeste. Uh, I managed to get my time for beating the full game under an hour and a half. Oh my god! Um, See, and <laughs> what the hell? I have beaten all of the B sides and two of the B C sides, and I've gotten one golden strawberry. And I am now halfway through level, or two thirds of the way through level three of the seasides. That so that's my real quick, like, 
you know. Zach, why don't you love yourself? Ah, listen, that's a really good question. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be going to therapy because pretty all, shortly to deal with my my time in Celeste. All of that pain pales in comparison to this most recent season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should go there. It uh, took us so long to start recording because we were yelling about Game of Thrones. Yeah, so I uh, I've been taking a break from that recently, and this leads in very nicely into our topic for today. I have been taking a break from all that stress with Stardew Valley. I have p- finally joined the rest of the world in saying, fuck, that game is really, really addictive. Like, man, I it's will... It's adorable. It's really fucking good, you guys. There are so many points where I will just like... So, it is a farming simulator. It is a game where you have a farm. Basically, the plot of it is uh, your grandpa uh, in left you a farm for the time when you can no longer deal with the stress of the capitalist life. And... <laughs> Like that's straight up what it is. No, like, no, yeah, you're like you're like working as this office worker at like Jo like Joja Joja Mart, yeah, Joja Mart, and you're just like I hate this, and then you like open your drawer and it's like oh here's the letter from my grandpa that he told me to open if I ever got depressed, I guess. Yeah, it's literally like I can no longer deal with the stress of being a pawn in the capitalist machine. Here is this farm that my grandpa has left me in this wonderful little valley named Stardew Valley. And it's just this farming simulator where you have a farm and you work to make your farm better. You and go fishing. And you yeah. help your neighbor. You can go and down into the mine. You can get... Ma- There's like a lot about it. It's just a very little charming game. And it is supremely addictive. Like there are points oh, yeah. where I will like go to bed thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow on my farm and stuff like that. And I wanted to sort of talk about it. Talk about like I wouldn't like... It is a very addictive game, but I also would not say it is designed to be an addictive game. And I wanted to talk about it. I want to talk about engaging games versus addictive games. I would highly encourage, if you're listening, there is a Game Maker's Toolkit on engaging gameplay loops that uh, I would highly encourage watching as well. But we're going to talk about that a little bit. It's like, what makes that different? What what is like the ethics around designing a, a game that's addictive? What is... So let's kind of like go back to that. Like, in effect, what are we talking about here when we talk about these yes. game loops, right? Like, when you play a game, there's kind of like typic. It's it typically kind of like you know settles into like some sort of process that you're not as you're kind of repeating over and over. Be it over arcing over an entire chapter or over so right. Um, but usually, especially in like these new open world games, you're always you're like gathering resources, completing quests, and that's the continue loop that feeds back into like you know things like experience, levels, gaining new skills, etc. You become more powerful, and time goes on. Like in Stardew Valley, for example, right? You improve your farm, yep, which you can then sell your vegetables, sell your fruits for money. Yeah, you take buy, that money. Buy better seeds. You buy more seeds. Yep. You, you, it's like you make a little bit of money and to improve your farm, and then you use that improvement on the farm to make more money, and then you use that to make even more money, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Because you buy, you buy better tools, you buy sprinklers with the money, the things that you profit, stuff like that. Uh, and it yeah. all, it all builds upon itself. It all, it all does build upon itself, and that's kind of what we talk about when we're talking about a gameplay loop. Yes. Um. So. Something I think, in my opinion, that makes something a gameplay loop engaging, right, is the fact that it does it has to kind of evolve over time, right? It's not the same exact loop over and over again. 
it, it kind of you know matures there's more mechanics to get added in that's what actually makes something engaging you're not you you can just do something over and over and get really really good at it but at that point it's like practicing pong over and over and over and over <laughs> and over and over and over and over that would be fucking ridiculous Whereas, like, say, things in Stardew Valley, right, you get access to more resources, you get access to new ways to build your farm, you get access to new parts of the town. Yeah, right? so, like, I think a great example of that as, like, a a good feedback loop that you can kind of look forward to in a way is, you know, you start out, you have your watering can, and that's how you water all your crops, uh, but then as you level up and you gain more skills and you spend more time, you eventually unlock sprinklers. And the sprinklers make it so that you don't have to water your crops anymore. The sprinklers do it for you. So it's like this little thing of like, cool, now I, ha- now I have time to do all these other things that I didn't have time to do before. Yeah, you can spend your resource, in this case, time on new improvements or doing other things or etc. I think it's really key there that you do have to have other stuff to do. Like mm-hmm. in terms of when you're thinking about engaging versus addictive cuz you know what we always we talk a lot about addictive games yeah. in in today's world. We think about things like uh Clash of Clans or stuff like that or, or these... something like uh like any of the big like Apex and those games, yeah, like the like, King of the Hill games. I, I think where it's you get in that one more game, one more game, one more game, yeah. one more game. I think about a lot of, especially a lot of the controversy often comes from those games or the mobile games that are really built around just forcing you to play it over and over and over again. Uh, and I think one of the big things that's sort of a difference between that kind of engaging loop of a Stardew Valley versus something that is very purposely designed to be addictive in that way is there's only there's so much other stuff to do in the game like when i think about a clash of clans or a bejeweled there's really only one thing you can do in the game and everything everything is defined by how you do and then everything everything feeds into those same resources right like it's basically okay you do this thing to buy more units to then just continue to take down yeah. other clans like there's not a thing of like oh for an rpg like for example with breath of the wild i guess an equivalent would be like oh yeah the, the only let's it'd be like if the only thing you could do was get weapons mm-hmm. and then the weapons break and then you get more weapons and that's it but as it is there's so much other stuff to do that it's like so you can avoid that to some degree yeah so like i want to say that you know the difference between addictive and engaging here is actually there's actually some similarities between the two in the sense, and and what I mean by that is that at its core, right, video games are kind of just like a serotonin kick, right? Yeah, and like that's really what like both both of those loops, whether it be engaging or addictive, right? You're both trying to hit that because like that means you continue you know participating in the loop. If it's engaging, right, you got you get some of that just by having more complex problems to deal with, right? You know, you have more more of a game to engage with and you're learning new things, right? The problem with addictive, right, you're not really getting that engagement. You're not getting that multi-layering mechanics because things don't change, right? So at that point, we're kind of drilling it down to its basic core of, like, what is this serotonin kick, right? Yeah. So let me introduce you to the world of clicking games. <laughs> These things called clickers, or idle games, as we like to so-call ah. them, are... Uh, I think the first one, one of the first ones was like Progress Quest, which was this like 
route like this game that you installed on your computer and it ran in your taskbar on windows right in like the little corner and you could like open it up and all it was was a pro a progress bar that filled slowly and you know it, you would go through and like you would get you know more weapons you would level up but it would be all automatic as long as you left it running the numbers would go up and that's kind of the real chilling thing is watching numbers go up feels really fucking good it's kind of that serotonin kick yeah. in and of itself so like you have all of these like sort of clicker games like things like adventure capitalist you know cookie clicker all these games which are basically drilling down game mechanics to it's like and stripping them bare right to literally this like kind of depressing feedback loop <laughs> so so i guess then that is a question as well is is the difference between engaging and addictive just the the degree of manipulation that the designer like, put into it yeah how how much can you hide that just that like core loop because at the end of the day that's kind of part of the serotonin kick right it's like you you can kind of go through every game and kind of go why am i doing this right? yeah and then that gets into that current sort of deep, dark question. It's like, why do you play video games? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there is, like, that to some degree, there's the stuff that is really deliberately designed, particularly in the mobile games. Like, yeah. a Clash of Clans is notorious for this, where it's like, there's resource decay and stuff like that, where if you aren't playing the game then it's, it like prevents you from ever getting better kind of thing. So you're even if you're not initially addicted, it forces you to keep playing. But that's not necessarily... For those games, in my opinion at least, it's if you took... If you just had that feedback loop where everything is delaying you and making it harder and harder and you having to spend more time, that just ends up being like a grind fest, right? Yeah, it just like, ends up being frustrating. In and of itself. The thing that becomes super problematic with that is that is when you put microtransactions as keys to those gates yeah right when i first started working um my office mate was crazy addicted to the kim kardashian game holy shit oh dude was, that that yeah, thing is i knew that thing is a people. fantastic piece of fucking work yeah and she refused to spend money on it and she would have like a timer that would remind her because this because you have it to gives you notifications well like it'll tell you like notifications oh your energy's up you better use your energy so you're not yeah you can but like she'd done something so because she like, left yeah. her phone on silent because she was at work but yeah. she had something that she configured to make sure she got that notification so that she could go in and do it because she refused to spend money on it and i think that that's kind of the most evil thing that there is where it's like you know you could spend money and get to this point faster like did you guys get addicted to trivia crack when that was a thing no. Uh, no, but I did. Oh I God. did play. I I know exactly what you're talking about because uh, I played Peggle on my phone for a little while, and, and it, it only was... gives you a certain number of turns yeah. before it's like I you mean, have to wait an hour before you can play anymore I am, unless you want to give us money. I, I think am, that is the most evil form of addicting game there is. Yep. Yeah, I am a self-professed player of like Japanese gacha games, <laughs> like Fate Go and stuff like that. Yep. But like, I feel like there are ways to kind of like that either make it a addicting, right, where you have these like particular blockers that right there. Or and you you have that kind of constant feedback loop and those blockers to bypass that feedback loop are essentially money right which ends up being microtransactions that's where that whole thing gets kind of Mickey and Erky versus like you know there are other mobile games and I think Nintendo has actually been pretty on spot with this with like Fire Emblem Heroes where True. they really do True. give you a lot of free shit 
Um, there's like another rhythm game that I play that's actually that I actually do spend money on because I have a problem. <laughs> well, this is something that people say about mobile games all the yeah. time where it's like I shouldn't be spending my money on this it's a waste and it's like they're giving you this for free yeah pay for it it's not that big of a deal well like I, I, like, I, you, I, you I say that you would pay $40 it, for a triple A game and you yeah. won't pay $2 for an advantage in the game that you play like four hours a day are you sh- are you kidding oh or no like crazy? I'm being sarcastic about like me putting money like I fully know what I'm doing the thing is like the thing that I put money into is actually a game where spending money doesn't give you any advantage whatsoever which I kind of think is nice, and it's kind of like nicer to support that sort of deal. Sure. Hey, yeah, I, I, it's. Uh, I I feel like that's a thing that we. It, it's such an interesting dilemma that we've sort of hit because why do we play? Well, also it's <laughs> it's a question of it, it comes back for the same reason as the micro transactions in AAA is that. You know, even a $60 game, for some of the budget that goes into a lot of those, it way outpaces what you're actually paying for it these days. And it's really oh, yeah. interesting that, that, like, it's it's a similar thing with the free games as well. Like, you know, I, I don't... Well, that's not entirely true. I was about to say that I no. don't blame them for doing some of these tricks to get people to spend money. I 100% do, because they are... There's a big difference between trying to get money in a way that's engaging and fun and predatory yeah because there are there are a lot of horrifically predatory games out there the, like, the games where you're not allowed to play until you give the money is just so predatory or or things where well, 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 even, that, that, that's that's a, that one's like kind of weirdly if because like you can also say like you have to buy the game in order to play it right what i'm i'm really thinking about with the predatory ones though is what was the one what was the game that uh Kate Upton was advertising for the longest time. Kate Upton was advertising a game. Was that not Clash of Clans? Uh, it might. I thought it was something. No, like Rain no. Of, um, it's Rain it's of a, something. It's a Machine Zone. It's the like uh like Rain of War or some yeah bullshit. something like that. A- anyway, Mich- uh, yeah, Machine Zone is like the company that that, does that. one was that. really that one was really uh, notorious. Is that for... Game of Thrones? <laughs> I don't know. An ad played. <laughs> uh, that was that one was it's really... Kate Upton. Really notorious for um, over-sexualizing really, itself. Well, that, but also it's it, one of the things it did was it would be like, okay, yeah, you upgrade your kingdom or whatever with gold, but peop- other people can attack your gold. So if you're not constantly playing it, you can be attacked and you can lose your resources. But if you pay a dollar ninety nine then you don't have to. So you're literally, it's not that you're paying to play the game, you're paying to not play the game. And that's where it really, like there were people who were like, yeah, I mean, it had all these addictive things behind it, but then it was like, for me to not play it, I had to end up spending like $10,000 on it in order to, because it was just like this, he was like, I'm I'm addicted to it. I, I have to like legitimately go to rehab for this because... A, the initial gameplay loop was this addicting thing of watching the numbers go up, but then in order to make it so that all these things that you've worked hard for don't disappear, you have to pay it's money, like, essentially. It's like very much like that time sunk, uh, like sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, very much so. Oh, yeah. And, and, and like, that's where I really draw the line. Like, I, I wasn't too mad with Pagel. It, it did get annoying after a little bit where it was like, I would only be able to have like 
10 turns on levels that clearly took like 20 unless I paid them, you know, 99 cents. But it was still just like, okay, whatever, it's fine. But that's the one where it's like, where it's clearly the only thing this game is, is a way to be predatory to people, to to take advantage of people who are in weak spots. And you know, this actually, I think, ties into the gambling, right? Oh, very much so, yeah. Yeah. So the reason that that's regulated and uh, like they're very quick to the the government, the whoever is quick to jump on board with on top of things that look like they might be gambling is because it's the exact same thing. It's addictive. You pay to win and any pay to win scenario is always going to be addicting or, and dangerous or pay. And you don't even have a guarantee. It's basically like you are praying that you win. It's like the gamble. It's so easy to sick to fall into a hole with any sort of gambling thing where you are paying money and it's not a guarantee. It's because yeah. people again forget, and I think that, like this also happens with you know things like loot boxes and everything, right? I mean, Magic the Gathering booster packs, right? Any trading card game booster packs is that you kind of like I'm paying to win something, right? If you kind of look at gambling in a sense as a whole from its outside as like no, I'm paying to provide myself with entertainment regardless of whether I get money back or not. Yeah, right is probably the a the much healthier way to look at it but not much harder way to look at it because it's not very apparent on the onset right so hmm here's a question that i'm 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 sort of asking myself right now and this is something mm-hmm. that i've been asking as i have put in probably about like 25 hours into Stardew Valley at this point and i'm suddenly being like where the fuck did that time go um, you did it for the, your grandpa. <laughs> yes. Uh, but one of the things, one of the things I've been asking myself is, am I okay with that? Like, am I okay with the fact that yes, this game is incredibly engaging and some would say, yeah, it, it, it is in some ways addictive. Is it a problem that it is this consuming thing in terms of like, you know, I, I, I think about it a lot, a lot, and you know, like when I think about playing a game, like oh, I should play Stardew, yeah, that'd be great. Or like Skyrim was a similar thing for a lot of people, and oh, I hear people talk about with Skyrim and with Stardew Valley that it's like you put it down for a little bit, and it's like okay, well now I'm not coming back to it because it took yeah. up just so much of my time and energy. Is that something we're fine with? And I, I'm asking myself that question. So as well. let me let me ask you a different type of or that question in a slightly different way. Sure. Taking those same feelings and the same questions you have about Stardew Valley, how come, at least right now, you don't direct those questions to a game like Celeste? That's a very good question. That's a really good question. Is it due to the difficulty? Is it due to, like, the... Like, because, like, I'm imagining, based on the amount of time it actually takes to get through the B-size, right? Like, Uh, you've probably spent... spent more time in Celeste than you have in Stardew Valley. Far more. I've spent 45 hours in Celeste. And that's a good, really good question because I never did ask myself that question there. And I think some of the difference there is with Celeste, I can feel myself noticeably getting better at it. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm developing a skill. Whereas with Stardew Valley, it's like, yeah, you know, th- my farm is getting better, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting better at the game. At least mm-hmm. I don't feel like I am. You know, like th- all the other tools are allowing me to be mm-hmm. to be better to at progress. it. You're progressing through the game rather than progressing 
reaction time or skills. Yeah, in, in terms like even if, the, even if those skills are only translatable to that game. Yeah, like one of the things with Celeste that was really interesting was I started noticing that it wasn't about so much my reaction time. It wasn't about my ability to press a button. It was about my ability to see the path through the level. As I got like, you know, 500 deaths into Summit B, I started to feel like that. And Mm -hmm. I died about 500 more times. But it was interesting to watch that change. Whereas, yeah, with Stardew, it is just that I'm progressing. It's not like what I was saying about the sprinklers versus the watering cans, you know, I'm just getting a new tool that allows me to be better at the game, but I'm not gaining any new skill with it. I, I think that's sort of where I would put a bit of the difference there and why I yeah. asked that question with Stardew and not Celeste. I also feel like there are different, it all depends on necessarily, right? What you as a person enjoy from a game, right? Be it narrative, be it, you know, like, the thing is, the thing is with the numbers going up thing, that's like kind of like a the core thing that all games revolve around, and that's like kind of that serotonin hit. But at the same time, like there are still goals for you to get from a game, right? Like Stardew Valley would be like you might want to make your farm look nice, you might want to create like this, you know, crazy alcohol factory because you're, you know, it's very efficient money wise. I'll put it, it like actually that. Really <laughs> is. Star, star fruit wine is so good, uh, but or or you know like things like that, but or like in Celeste, you know, you want to experience that story it has like all these layering things on it right that make both games like worthwhile playing in my opinion i think that you hit on something really important there that we've sort of been ignoring which is about what makes you happy as a gamer yeah like there are some people who well maybe there's not there might be some people out there who genuinely get happiness out of these play to win games and like they don't feel like they're trapped in an endless cycle that yeah that's that they enjoy that and that's fun and that's good for them um and like it's kind of when funny how, I was playing Overwatch. Yeah. That's a horribly addictive one more game, one more game, one more game and type of game. And a cesspool of toxicity. <laughs> and all of a sudden, what I sat back and like the same thing where you put the game down and I stepped away and I was like, you know what? I actually think I kind of hated that. And then I didn't play it again. <laughs> I never need to go back to <laughs> yeah. comp ever again. Um. So, but then there's other stuff like what we're talking about, what you're talking about with Stardew Valley, or I think the biggest example for me is uh, certain Minecraft mods where <laughs> like, I'm like you start out and you're doing everything like mining by hand. And then by the end of it, you have like, like mining machines and like just getting to the point where you build and you build and you build up. It's and like, that like is like factorio yeah. to an extreme degree, right? Like all, all that's what I enjoy in games is where I can like, like build on it and start build, like that way. I think a lot so, of a lot of people that like share that same sentiment always talk about like efficiency, right? It's like yeah. why why Stardew Valley and Factorial feel good because it's like I'm making more money in a better way and it's like yes. progressing and it's just like yeah, yeah, I'm it more is efficient. It's really satisfying for so sure. So if a game that we're talking about is one that you love and it doesn't make you sit back and go, damn, I kind of hated that. Don't let our opinions about what games are good yeah, and 100%. fun impact what games you play because yeah. everyone enjoys their own thing and you should be able to have fun playing the games you like. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's why I kind of get to that whole part, like why I get to that sort of dark part where it's, it kind of questions why you play video games, right? If all we're here is to let the numbers go up, right? Because that's what happens when you do strip these games down to their very core. But... I think what makes memorable games, the games that you remember, the games that you're nostalgic about, the things that make video games truly an art form, right, is the fact that 
there are layers on top of that. There are mechanics on top of that. Even it's, though you it's have not that the cord. numbers you get, it's yeah. the journey to getting there. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. In, in, a, in a way. No, you're, you're right, yeah. though. I think you're right, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, or, uh, yeah, like, or the things that you get from it, like the stories, like progressing further, learning these new worlds, you know, you know, playing with friends, creating experiences with their friends, all of these things. Or even things of just like, yeah. What you were talking about with my experience with Celeste. I mean, honestly, like a big reason that I kept sticking with it is that high of being like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to do this. And then, you know, five hours later doing it is just like, I have just jumped up with just like, oh, fuck yeah, yes, in my (laughs) basement, like barely, like just super pumped up about this thing. And yeah, you see those moments in all the video games, right? You see it in esports, right? It's the reason, like, I still play Apex because it's fucking fantastic when you win a game, right? Oh yeah, it's, or it's, e- oh, it's why Fortnite became so wildly popular. Yeah, and I think in games like that, it isn't even necessarily just winning; it's getting out of a battle that was really intense on top and being like, yeah. We won that fight. It's, like it's, you don't even have to win the game to get that thrill of like, fuck it, yeah, we it's did a, it. It ends up being very or gone. Yeah, uh, it ends up being like almost this this story like it's similar to how you feel about sports in a way i mean that's why esports are popular too is it's this thing of like it's this organic story that develops that you created yourself like you'll tell this story that's not just like oh yeah you know like with a movie it's like hey i tell the story about i watched this thing happen with a game it's like fuck i'm gonna tell that story about like this time i barely made it out of this battle in apex you know with like two health left or something and still managed to kill a whole team. It's like, that's a story that you've created yourself and that's so powerful. And that's, that's like exactly that whole sense of immersion gameplay, right? Where we're now at that point where you can create these stories without necessarily being on a scripted guided path. And you know, the fact that they're multiplayer adds a lot to that, to that part, right? Like just a story about the way you survive either like a Fortnite, PUBG, apex round or something like those those can be sorted it's like oh we were just like here and there's things that you can share with other people share with friends and that's something that's incredibly engaging right and that's like that reward that you get with that feedback loop yeah so i i guess i have sort of one more question before we wrap up to uh to you two and that's we've sort of talked about how like is it is it a problem that we have these kind of is it a problem that we have these kind of loops in games and i think we're kind of like maybe maybe not but then the next question i have about that is is a designer obligated to avoid some of these things that become addictive that's the thing I've been sort of wondering about as well when I've been playing Stardew Valley. It's like, there are things about it that, you know, I, I mean, I've obviously been enjoying the game a lot, but are designers obligated to avoid some of these mechanics that do sort of get to this deep primal thing in your brain? I mean, I think... No. Yeah, I, I think Absolutely no. Absolutely not. Because I think, like, again, like, at the core of it, right, if something is not enjoyable, then why are you doing it? Yeah. And I think that... It, within games, right, as as they, like, stand, it is an art form. It is somewhat artificial. So, like, I think I think it is a bit reasonable to, to expect that to be there to a degree, right? Like, in the same way that we expect, we don't expect people to actually die when we write a story, 
Right. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of stuff that's like this in real life, like the book that you can't put down or the sure. sports no. team that you can't stop rooting for even though they suck. Like Yeah. This I'm a is... Mariners fan. Believe me, I understand that last one. Yeah. <laughs> I've been uh, keeping an eye on the score. It's dire. Uh, so we're always going to see stuff like this in our lives. For God's sake, like getting a salad instead of ordering a pizza. We're always going to have things that are tempting, things that are addicting, things that we want that aren't necessarily good for us. And we just need to, as like a human being, have the strength to say, maybe I shouldn't buy another $100 worth of Fortnite bucks. Yeah. So it's like, as a designer, then, it's like, that's a tool for you to use, but a tool to not abuse, is I guess what I'm seeing. Yes, I think that I would agree with and that. And I think, I think there is a sense, like, of, uh, like you can kind of get a sense when that abuse happens, right? Um, it's I wouldn't necessarily say that there are any, like, strictly defined rules for this. It's So I wouldn't kind of go say, like, oh, you now there's, like, a blanket rule that no designer should like use this particular mechanic yeah. because it's it, there's a lot of nuance there and again it is like with like the creativity that you can layer on top of games right there's so many different ways so many different combinations of mechanics that you can put together that I, it's it's hard to kind of I think that something would that would down. make me feel a little bit better about this is for some of those really just blatantly predatory tactics um if there was labeling or like if sure. if the, you had to be 18 to play for the things that are just really really blatantly addicting predatory tactics is just to make sure that the kind of people who are really easy to take advantage of aren't i mean i think i think it's very clear that getting access to that when money is involved right it starts to present a much different type of game and i'm not i'm not even saying money involved in terms of like dlc right it is purely in that microtransaction yes uh, and form, this, right? I, really, we're getting right back to our favorite topic of why microtransactions <laughs> are ruining gaming. Yeah, yeah, as as we were saying just a second ago, you know, these are tools for you to use, not tools for you to abuse. And, you know, I, I, I'm not 100% sold on the idea that people have innate understandings of things, but I do feel like there is a thing where people understand when you're, they're abusing something versus I, when they're not. I think that there is not an innate understanding there. And I think that it does take a lot of interest like reflection and like thought to kind of realize yeah, i guess that's fair realize how, how to get there right to realize that again it's a form of entertainment you're spending money to be entertained you shouldn't be you're not spending money to get money back yeah. or get something valuable back right like shit half of the shit that you want to spend money on nowadays you don't actually own it's true it's a service yeah when be- service goes down it's all gone yep Gotta be, uh, I think that's good advice for everyone is just be critical of yourself. Really investigate what the things that you are doing and make sure that you are doing a thing that not only you are happy with, but that make other people happy too. Great advice for life as a whole. It is. And don't spend money on hobbies that make you miserable. Yes, very (laughs) much so. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I feel like we've got, I feel like we got some good stuff together. Yeah, we we got some good advice. Uh, you know, if you, if you've now decided that you want to throw away all those iTunes gift cards because you don't want to spend any more money on microtransactions, yeah. send them to uh, at Pixel Radio. Yes, it's... please let us know. We'd be really happy to hear from you about that. You know, as we've as we've clearly changed your mind about everything. Uh, yeah, thanks I for need listening. More stars. Yes, thanks for listening, guys. If you uh, please, you know. Do the social media stuff. Do the social media stuff. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, whatever your podcasting app of choice. 
Until next time. Until next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.